So it's good to see that most of the people here are quite new. I think there's only a couple of people here from the old class, probably because uh, we've covered this poem before in the old, in, with the old uh, group. Um, but you know, you can hear it half a dozen times, it still will make a difference. So, but it's good to see there's lots of new people. So before we begin today's class, um, this is the question and answer Q&A class. Our main class is on Sundays, and we take this as an additional class for any clarifications, any questions pertaining to that class. Um, but um, we're going to take up a poem today. Uh, since it's come up a, a few times in the last few Sunday classes, people mentioning it. And um, so uh, I think Shashi said, uh, wanted clarification on what this poem is. So we decided that we will take it up today. So before we do that, um, since there's a lot of new people here, any questions, general questions on Vedanta or this philosophy, uh, you know, um, any, any sort of um, clarifications that anybody would like to ask? Any general questions on this subject? Arunabhan, did you have a question? Um, I did actually. Um, mm. uh, good evening, sorry. I just wanted to ask, is Vedanta, it seems to me, is like a philosophy rather than any form of religion. Is that correct? Absolutely correct. Vedanta is the philosophy, the foundation of what most religions are based on. So they've taken a small aspect of this philosophy and started a religion. And what you'll find is all religions are based on a particular person, a particular personality. For example, without Jesus, there would be no Christianity. Without the Buddha, there would be no Buddhism. Without Muhammad, there would have been no Islam. So all religions are based on uh, on a personality uh, from the past, and the religions were started thereafter. But Vedanta is a pure philosophy of self-realized souls who had that ultimate experience, and they wrote about it. And this is what Vedanta is. So it is not based on any religion whatsoever. It's, it predates religions by thousands of years. Okay. Yeah. Does that help answer your question? A little bit? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Has it got anything to do with Yogananda, Swami Yogananda, their their beliefs and thoughts? Um, if I'm honest with you, I'm not familiar with him. Okay. Most of this um, Swamis, they all um, are on a lineage of somebody who's actually become self-realized. Right. So they've carried on with the lineage. Okay. If you go back to his guru, guru's guru, his guru's guru's guru, you'll probably come to a person who had that experience. Okay. Right. Yeah. And the teaching is being carried on. Right. Thank you. If you think about it, if this philosophy is five, six thousand years old, the fact that after so many years, we're still discussing it and having a class on it. You hmm. can imagine how poignant this philosophy is, how pure this philosophy is, because you would have been dead long time ago. We didn't have any core foundation. Yes. Yeah. So that's something sure. to that's something to realize. The fact that yeah, it's very thought-provoking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Thank you. You're welcome. Any other questions pertaining to Vedanta philosophy? Any clarifications mulling in your head? Okay. If not, we'll uh, start the poem. So it's in it's uh, it's called Select English Poems. It's one of the books we study in the ashram. Um, it says it says it's Swami Hathasati. Uh, that's the Swamiji I studied under at his ashram, um, and he was um, he studied in England. I think in the forties or fifties he studied in England. I went to an English university. He did his law degree here. Hence. Um, he read a lot of Shakespeare and in English books. So this is a collection of poems that he's gathered, English poems, uh, which to him um, gave some sort of message, some philosophy. When the poems were written, they may not have been written to portray any philosophy, but he's read them and brought out the philosophy from the poems that he thinks would be relevant, yeah? So this particular poem is called Even This Shall Pass Away and it's by Theodore Tilton. So I'm going to read that now, yeah? Once in Persia reigned a king upon a signet ring Braved a maxim true and wise which if held before his eyes, gave him counsel at a glance, fit for every change and chance. Solemn words, and these are they, even this shall pass away. Trains of camels through the sand brought him gems from Samarachand. Fleets of galleys through the seas brought him pearls to match with these. But he counted not his gain, Treasures of the mine or main. What is wealth, the king would say, even this shall pass away. Mid the revels of his court, at the zenith of his sport, when the palms of all his guests burned with clapping at his jests, he amid his figs and wine cried, O loving friends of mine, pleasures come but not to stay, even this shall pass away. Lady fairest ever seen was the bride he crowned his queen. Pillowed on his marriage bed, softly to his soul he said. Though no bridegroom ever pressed a fairer bosom to his breast, mortal flesh must come to clay, even this shall pass away. Fighting on a furious field, once a javelin pierced his shield. Soldiers with a loud lament bore him bleeding to his tent. Groaning from his tortured side, pain is hard to bear, he cried, but with patience day by day, even this shall pass away. Towering in the public square, 20 cubits in the air, rose his statue carved in stone, then the king, disguised unknown, stood before his sculptured name, musing meekly what is fame. Fame is but a slow decay, even this shall pass away. Struck with palsy, sore and old, waiting at the gates of gold, said he with his dying breath, life is done, but what is death? Then in answer to the king, fell a sunbeam on his ring, showing by a heavenly ray, even this shall pass away. Theodore Tilton. So that's the poem, which we shall discuss. Who'd like to start? What did, what's this poem about? What's this poem about? Dev? Yeah, experiences. Mm -hmm. Experiences. Throughout the process of um, life. Yeah. What else? Anyone else? 
Um, he wanted the he wanted something that will fit in all situations. Something he wanted he something. Can, something that he can remember that will fit in all situations. Okay. So what did he do? The the soul is constant. Soul is constant. Yeah. Um, if if we do not look outside for the happiness or the sorrow, only then the soul can become constant. Too deep. Only... Okay. Too deep. Let's okay. start with the, the basic message first. Okay. You're probably um, right. You're probably right, but that's not, we want to start from the basics. So yeah, um, um, again, we discussed um, last week, change is the nature. Yeah. So, so changes, yeah. Yeah. So anything happens in your life, whether it's a good thing happen or the bad thing happen, it's going to change because change is a nature. Yeah. Right. And therefore, irrespective of becoming happy or becoming sad and attached to the situation, um, if you detach yourself from the situation, then you can take a right decision. And yep. sometimes when you take a right decision, this will pass faster than um, otherwise. Okay, good, very good. Satis? I think basically covered most of it, but the poem it just says... says uh, Sorry, Satis, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I think the poem is saying whatever we say what is here today, it will go away as well. So whatever the problem we have is temporary and in time it will pass away. It will so pass away. Yeah, your possessions will pass away, your anxiety will pass away, your fear, your, your pain, everything will pass away eventually. So everything is yeah. temporary. That's yeah. my understanding. Very good. Well, thank you. Who else? Anybody else? Shashi, what did you get from the poem? Um, is it that no matter what your status is, that it's everything in life is the same for everyone? Same for everyone, okay. See, people will get different messages, that's fine, because there's a lot of messages in here. So that's why I asked what message did you get from it? It's just a reminder. What, a reminder of what? That everything on his ring, every single situation is, this will pass away, so really nothing is forever and every time he came to any situation he read his ring and remember that this is only for today Very even good. the statue will disappear may take time may take years again it will decay over time hmm. his love his Very wife good. her beauty will disappear his wealth it's only here today that can disappear so really reminding him that his main point in life is to look after or look into himself because that's the true ever living element he has and every time he, he came across a situation his first thing was to look at his ring remind him that you know this is just for today or yep. this year very, it's not fair living very good Dennis. yep absolutely right anybody else would that like to add anything so Let's just go through a few of the verses. So he had a, he had a ring made. And on it, he engraved the words, even this shall pass away. So whatever situation he was in, that ring gave him counsel. It was like he had his guru on his ring to give him whenever he had any clarifications. He would just look at his ring, even this shall pass away. Okay, I understand. Yeah. So those were, he lived by, by those words. So he never took anything for granted. He was completely objective. So what did he have? He was a king. He had all the pearls and treasures. And he said, what is wealth? Today it's mine, tomorrow will be somebody else's. Yeah. It's just passing through my hands temporarily. So don't be attached to it. Fame. 
He was playing his sports, whatever sports they played. And the public were clapping, laughing, you know, looking up, looking up at him. And he said, pleasures come, but not to stay. Even this shall pass away. He was married to the fairest woman. No other woman as fair as her. But even then he realized it's not, it's not going to last forever. It's temporary. Then he got hurt. Javelin pierced his shield. Even then, even the pain was hard to bear. He cried, with patience day by day, even this shall pass away. Then he saw his statue, 20 cubic feet. It's about, it's about 35, 40 feet, I think, 20 cubics, cubits in the air. And he said, what is fame? Fame is but a slow decay. And then, in the end, when he was on his deathbed, he was about to die. And he said, okay, well, I'm old now. Life is done. Next experience is death. What is death? And it, the shadow, the sunlight went onto his ring and it said, even this shall pass away. So how should we apply message in here in everyday life. Yeah. So like we always talk about thinking of situations and how we should look internally into ourselves. Mm -hmm. He had that ring to help him. Okay. To remind him that you know to use his brain and not desire. That, that that's him. He's got his he's got his ring. But how do we transfer this philosophy to our everyday life? Megna. I can solve um, it with everyone, but I don't know, will it help? It's to make sure that you don't get caught up in the moment that you're in or let that control your emotions and the way you react and act in those, in those times, whether it be, you know, ultimate happiness or like, grief and sorrow just to know that that is what's happening at that time and it's not gonna last forever it's not gonna so you've got to let it affect you and you live that sort of detached lifestyle yeah no state stays the same he said even fame what is fame slow decay once you become famous there's only one way isn't it? Once you reach the top, there's only one way down. Slow decay. But you're attached to that fame. You can't handle it when it goes down. How do you deal with that? People get demoralized. People live, they, they can't handle that pressure, the fact that they're no longer famous. You know, today you got X amount of likes. Tomorrow you have less likes or less people you know, look on your Facebook page or whatever, it demoralizes you. Pain, sorrow, today we're all suffering. We have, some, we have problems with this COVID-19, but even this shall pass. Just as quick as it came, hopefully we'll, quick as it'll go. But nothing stays the same forever. This is, the, this is what we're talking about here. So when we have pain and sorrow, we should understand that this is the situation I'm in right now. If I'm in pain and sorrow now, what can be around the corner is happiness because the state doesn't last forever. Nothing lasts forever. As we said on Sunday, who are people who are there, the world is made of pairs of opposites. Everything is changing. Opposites. Hot and cold. Day and night. You can't be night all the time. You can't be daylight all the time. So we shouldn't be miserable when things are not going our way. Because we know then that there's only one way up. We're down. There's only one way, which is up. 
But at the same time, when you're up, remember, down is not, not far away. So your objective in life, this is what he's saying. Let's have a look at my notes. So, the king lived the life of total detachment and objectivity. He had a ring, engraved the words, even this shall pass away. And he gave him counsel. Never be attached to anything. It's all temporary. Wealth, health, woman, fame. He had the best of all. But he understood that it was temporary. It was not going to last. He had a dispossessive attitude to all his possessions. They were all his, but he wasn't attached to any of it. Even when he was old and diseased, he was able to stay objective. Just another experience. Life is made up of a series of experiences. That's all it is. From the time you're born to the time you pass, it's all different experiences. Before this, you, you, you were doing something else. You had dinner or whatever, you're watching TV. That experience ended and this experience has begun. After this class, this experience will die and a new experience will start. And that's how life is. One experience begins, when it ends, a new experience starts. And this is our life. And if we see it as just experiences, it makes, it makes you more objective. What am I gonna to experience tomorrow? Today was this, let's see what tomorrow holds for me. So it shouldn't be affected by the pairs of opposites. It is part of life. So with a bit of knowledge, a bit of values, higher values, a bit of understanding of how we function, how the world functions, you're able to get, go through these ups and downs without being affected too much. I'm not saying you're not gonna be affected, but you'll be less affected. And that's what it's about, this poem. So he had that, he had that knowledge and values. So this is what we're trying to do, learn from learning from this subject. Any questions? So we have to adopt these values and reach that state where we're not affected anymore. Because right now we're all affected. Are we? We're all affected by the changes that happens. We have to accept them, that it will pass. Anybody else want to add anything to that? It's a simple poem. Can I ask a question? Sure. Yeah, I wanted to ask, what is the higher value thought or behavior that you speak about? What is the higher value? So, you, you, yeah. we all act in the world. In fact, um, we're going to be covering some of this next Sunday's class. It's called Tamas Rajas Sattva. These are the three temperaments of a human being. These are Sanskrit words, tamas being the lowest, rajas is higher than tamas, and highest is sattva. So these are three temperaments of a human being. And we're gonna be covering that on Sunday, briefly. It's actually from chapter 18 of the Bhagavad Gita. They cover that uh, uh, in much more detail. So, you know, in the, um, caste system, we have Sudra, Vaishya, Kshatriya, and Brahmana. The caste systems are those four caste systems. It's based on these three temperaments. We're not going to go into that right now. But the caste system is based on these three temperaments. So when we say higher values, what we're trying to do is change our personality from the lower values to the higher values. This is the goal. Right. Yeah. 
it sounds a little bit daunting right now, but as we go into more detail in the classes, you'll have a better understanding. But the whole idea is where we are gross, where we are tamasic, where we are at lower quality of our minds, we need to increase that and raise that. Okay. Yeah. So then you're, you're, you're developing your personality to higher values. But what we're talking about here in this poem, higher values, is learning the truths of life. Accepting the truths of life. And then living our life by these truths. And when we do that, then we're less affected. Because we're all looking for happiness. So this is one way of being happy even though things are bad. Does that help, Arunathan? Thank you, yeah. Any other questions? So it's a matter of being objective in life and not getting involved. He would not identify the best or the worst of things that this world offered him. Even though he's blessed with wealth and women name and fame, his total objectivity. There will always be fluctuations in life. But once you're tuned to the higher values, you can go through them without any problems. It's like right now we're going we're driving through a bumpy terrain. Things affect us. So as you get the higher values, it's like going across in a, in a balloon. None of the bumps affect us anymore. And that's a, it's a mental thing. So this is what we're trying to achieve. And it's a slow, it's a, it's a, it's a steady progress. As you get more values, the less you'll be affected by certain things. And as you develop yourself more, more and more, even more or less affected. And if you're not affected, you're happy. So this is the, what we're trying to achieve in these classes. Dev? So um, it means to say that if you are relating to all the experiences, uh, if you are agitated, uh, that means uh, your current nature is kind of tamasic, which is tamas. And eventually, if you want to detach from those situations, it doesn't affect it in a, either in a positive way or in the negative way. Either the experience is positive or negative. Uh, basically, it's not a big deal. Yeah. If we consider that way, uh, then that stage is actually going towards sattvic stage. Is that correct? Um, no, I wouldn't uh, bring in. I wouldn't bring in those qualities at the moment. Uh, they're not related to that. But what you said is correct. Um, as you develop, you're less affected by those those agitations. Things that agitate you no longer agitate you because you have an understanding. It's it's December. It's going to be cold. Yeah, it's not point how much agitated you get. It's still going to be cold. So it's by, might as well accept it. Summer was nice. Now winter is here. Yeah, these are the seasons, how they go. But what? We want winter to be hot and we want summer to be cold. So we're agitated. So it's just accepting what the world is and how it functions. You know there'll be bad people and there'll be good people. Yeah, but if we strengthen ourselves, then no one will, no one will help uh, agitate us. We have the understanding. But then again, uh, is it not the human nature to rebel against the, the situation he's facing against and come out in a better way from it? Like, for example, whoever invented air condition, if you would have thought that summer it will come and pass away, air conditioner would never have been invented. But so it, it, it's kind of a taking challenge out of the situation and come out better out of it. We're not saying in that perspective, we're saying things that agitate us. Yeah. If you're looking at it as a challenge to deal with a situation, you're being objective. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. You're using a situation to better yourself. That's being objective. That's, that's good. But what we're talking about is when 
we're agitated mentally because of a situation which we have no control over. So understanding that this situation is normal helps us to have less agitations, mental agitations. Does that make sense? Yeah. Megna. Now I was going to say to um, Dev's point as well that not you're not being agitated by it, but like for example, your air conditioning example is more like that person using their intellect to um, to figure out how to overcome that problem, but not being upset or agitated by the heat that's affecting them. So I think, but I wanted to also ask if is just knowing that these things don't last forever and that there are opposites, is that enough to, every time we remember, not be agita agitated by those things? Just remembering will, may not help you. It's developing your intellect. Yeah? The mind will be affected. It's the mind that gets affected. The child in you. Remember we said mind, emotions, likes and dislikes. I don't like hot, I don't like cold. I don't like this, I don't like that. That's the mind. The intellect has to come. When you have these values, when you have this understanding, intellect kicks in and says, but it's December, it's gonna be cold. Yeah, to the mind, because the mind is agitated. But if the intellect's not available, then the mind carries on with those agitations. And you're affected. Your partner is always angry. Yeah. You're affected every time he gets angry, but having the understanding, this is the nature of my partner. I can either be agitated by it, or I can just let him be, or let her be. And when the anger goes away, I'll join him again, or her again. That's the intellect saying, okay, this person's angry, that's his nature. In fact, if they weren't angry, you'd think there was something wrong with them. They're not acting based on their nature. <laughs> huh? What's wrong with them? Why, why are you not angry today? This is objectivity. Great example. Sorry, I was, I was just going to say that isn't part of being human when it uh, is about trying to help that person to maybe, because otherwise you're just accepting things all the time as they are. Yeah. I'm not saying become argumentative or challenge it, but certainly shouldn't we be developing to find changes as well, positive change? For you or for the other person? I think for both, because you're evolving just as much as the other person. Um, but this is the thing, if, you, if you're evolving, you're evolving to accept the other person, that doesn't necessarily mean the other person's evolving with you. But isn't it about helping that person too? Because sometimes you can clearly see mm -hmm. that by continuing to be in a certain way is not is not uh, is not uh, it's 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 detrimental to that person. So when you're talking about, I mean, we're talking generally here, being affected by pairs of opposites in the world, yeah. And yeah. the example I gave was a partner, but where the partner says, "I need help." I don't like it when I'm angry. Yeah. Then by all means, you have a duty to help that person. But if a person doesn't actually realize that he's an angry person or he's got anger, how can you help that person? I'm not angry. There's nothing wrong with me. The problem is with you. I'm behaving normally. How could you help that person? Just like you said before, unless a person asks for help, they're not going to receive the help. Because this is their nature. They don't think there's anything wrong with them. They're acting, everyone acts based on their nature. Now, you may not want them to act in that way, but that's not going to help because this is their nature. You understand, Arunabhan? Yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying. It's, it's just a hard one for me to yeah. um, get my head around, I suppose. But I do understand what you're saying. If you can help that person, by me, all means, you have a duty to help them. But only if they're asking for your help. Because it could actually make it worse. You're always angry. Yeah, I understand, yeah. yeah. So, so it's, a, it's a delicate one. But you have to develop yourself even to be able to help that person.
Anyone else? Yeah, Deb. Yeah, um, how can we uh, explain this poem in, in a in a simplest way to our children? Also, how can we explain this? This shall pass away to our children. Like if I have to explain it to my 10 year old, mm. what sort of examples shall I use? So first of all, you need to absorb and understand it thoroughly. Yeah. Once you completely understand it, then you can explain to a child the nature of the world. That's because they identify with the world. They identify with simple things like the weather, hot and cold, good and bad, yeah. pain and so pain and happiness. You know, they get bad results in, in, in the exams. They might think they might be upset. You know, um, so simple things where they, they can understand that this is part of life. That this is normal. About their likes and dislikes. Because when someone's 10, their intellect isn't functioning properly yet. They, it normally kicks in about 12, 13. So it's difficult for them to maybe absorb it but they'll have a basic understanding if you give simple examples. And just to accept the fact that things change all the time. Nothing stays forever. Your daughter's friends will know when she moves up to another school, they will no longer be with her. That's a change, that's a big change in their life. So you can say this will change, but you'll make new friends. So that's past, new experience. So in those sort of terms. Yeah, Dev? Yeah. Any other additions from anyone? So we're, it's an open forum, we're just discussing, you know, from different perspectives, which is what the Wednesday class is for. Yeah, Megna. I was going to say, as an analogy, that we sometimes when we're trying to develop ourselves, because we're developing, you almost want to make sure that other people around you are also developing in the same way. Um, and you want to sort of impart what you know on them, or you want to change the way they are thinking, or they, you want them to think like you are. And then the agitation almost comes from that as well. So in what, you know, the example that Arunanti was giving as well, you want to, you want to help that person, but they may not necessarily want to be helped. So it's like when we, when you go on holiday and you take a flight and they say that you should always put your air mask on before you put someone else's on. And in that way, if we all learn to improve ourselves, that way we wouldn't have to help other people either because this is everyone will do their bit for themselves and then everyone will be on the same level. So it's not necessary that we can always help other people as well, but you almost have to, we, we have to live in the world on, in your own sort of feelings and trying to not get agitated. So trying to help yourself will be a first step before anyone else. See, if you, if you develop yourselves, when you start living a higher life of higher values and you're more calm in difficult situations, people who, who are not that developed will come to you for help automatically because they know that you can think more clearly. You have better understanding. So they'll automatically come to you and say, what shall I do about this situation? Can you help me? I'm not clear. They, they automatically will come. But, you know, everyone lives their life based on their own cause and effect. Everyone's path is separate from everyone else. You may be married, you may have children, uh, but you have to remember that their paths are separate from yours. Their cause and effects and their destiny, is their living is different. So it's that understanding. That doesn't mean you don't um, do the best you can for them. But you have to accept that fact. They may not want to, uh, they may not want your help.
What else? Shishi? Nothing from me. Viv? I think sometimes uh, what happens is um, uh, due to the expectation, uh, we see other person as a mirror image of us. And therefore, uh, the things we could have done in this situation, we expect them to do without understanding their course, their situation. Uh, that's uh, assertiveness is not there. And therefore, we only expect that I would have done this, why you haven't done this. Uh, and that, that sometimes, I mean, many times, that, that's the biggest um, challenge to overcome with. You get agitated because other people is not reflecting the way you would have expected. Absolutely. Because let's say you've learned something in class today, and then tomorrow you start living briefly a few of the values. You can't expect others to live by them, or you can't expect them to live by those same values. It'd be wrong of you to do that. You know, let's say we discuss about animals today and we say vegan is the way to go. So to, you say, okay, from tomorrow I'm vegan. You can't expect the whole family to become vegan just because you've taken up that value. You've done it from your own understanding. Similarly, they have to do what they think is right from their own understanding. It may be good for them, but it's not your right to dictate upon them that you should all become vegans now. What else, Danish? I think today from the poem is like, always think about what you're doing and question and remember that nothing's forever, nothing's whatever forever. situation you're in. You know I mean, we may not have a ring, but we have intellect to help us. Yeah. So this is why we need to develop ourselves, our intellect, so that we can um, decipher through life what's right and what's wrong. We have to have a goal in life, spiritual goal or personal development. You don't have to be spiritual, but just that let me be a personal development. I want to become a better human being. I want to become one selfish. I want to become, I don't know, you know, uh, do more service. Those are higher values. And then once you set those sort of goals, you automatically start developing into a better human being. You start living better values. So all we need to do is have just a small goal. I want to help my neighbors. You know, anything that is not something purely for yourself, where you're not gaining, nothing selfish, anything unselfish. What, that in itself is... A good goal, being unselfish, helping others. Because the minute you start doing that, you're already now developing. You're not thinking of yourself. See, all of us are selfish. That's the bottom line. It's relative, but we're all selfish. It's different degrees. So we need to learn to become more unselfish. In that, that, go in that direction, you start developing. Thinking on others before thinking of yourself. After you. After you. You first. That's the start. So this, when you're driving, after you. You start, you'll start practicing unselfishness. Hey, it's my right away. I'm going first. That's selfish. Think unselfishly. That's the rule. Simple things. Doesn't matter. It may be the rule, but you're now, you're now want to become unselfish. So you say after you, even though it's your right. That's being unselfish. So you have a choice. It was an accident. You serve yourself or you serve somebody else. You have a choice in life. All of us, at every point, we have a choice. Do I think of myself or think of others first? That's a, that's a choice. So when you make choices which serves others, you're, you're, you're now developing mentally. You're, you're mentally developing. 
this is a simple thing to remember. And it's relative, as I said, you know, some, a lot of people may already be highly unselfish, you know. Well, how else can you be unselfish? You know, you go into the office, you open the door, you let other people in before you go in. After you. That's practicing unselfishness. I was here first. That's selfishness. It's that attitude we're saying. Having that attitude. In certain situations, it may, you know, may not be right, but having that attitude inside your head, mentally, then living by those rules, you're, you're, you're now practicing unselfishness. Simple thing. Any other clarifications? And you start being less agitated. Dev. Yeah, um, towards the end of the poem, it says, even on the deathbed, and this shall pass away. So it's, it's basically a journey towards moksha, isn't it? That this body, the vehicle you are living, but your soul will still go to either to mox if you have reached to your um, trueness, or you will have another birth. So it's again, it's it's, the, it's one kind of change. So life is done, but what is death? Question mark. Another experience. Another experience. Yeah. No. Yeah, but then the ray of light comes in as well on his ring if you remember the last line yeah even this will pass away so even death will disappear yeah it's ongoing no experience lasts forever except for the state of self-realization birth and death birth and death is continuous so even at his deathbed he realizes just another experience even this won't stay the same once i die death will hit me then New experience will start. That's total objectivity. Then he's not even scared of death. Why would you be? It's just one experience. Just like you have all these little experiences every day, birth and death is one large experience with lots of lots of mini miniature experiences in between, which is what we live for. 80, 90 years we live our life with all these little experiences. But if you take birth and death as one experience. That's just, just another experience. Isn't it? According to that poem, that's what he means. Maybe he's reached higher. Maybe. The poet. You never know. But it's, it's not saying anything but what we already know, but we're not aware of it, that's all. We all, see, we've read the poem, we're all discussing it, and everyone's got valid points, which are correct. So we're all aware, we all know the facts of life, but we're just not aware of it. See, if we, were, if we were aware of it, things wouldn't affect us. We know things are changing all the time. We know the world is pairs of opposites. We know if the fact that we're born, we're going to die. We know all that. We get involved in our daily life that we forget that objectivity, we forget it. Use your intellect. Yeah, we've got Basically. to develop it first. Yeah. But you only develop it by using it. How can you, how can you develop by using it? Yes, but you need to learn how to use it. Yes. So we say morning study, morning study, Studying higher values helps you develop your intellect. Questioning everything. If it doesn't make sense to you, you don't accept it. Question it. Don't take anything for granted. See, you're thinking, basically. This is what we're saying. Think. 
Now you're exercising your intellect. And the morning study helps you to strengthen that. And then whenever you're in a situation, it's available to you. You can pause and think, what shall I do? Don't, are you going to listen to the mind or are you going to listen to the intellect? Anybody else would like to uh, add anything? So life is always changing. We have to accept that. Good things happen, bad things happen. We have to accept that. And if we, accept, we have, if we accept all that, then we have, we don't have so many agitations. So when we don't accept it, that's when we get agitated. Some things are in control, we control them. If we can't, if we're not in control, we have to accept it. But don't go down when these things happen. But at the same time, when good things happen, don't be elated. Be elated, there's only one way down. Just stay in the middle. Today's a bad day, it's a bad day. Tomorrow's a good day, it's a good day. Don't be affected either way. Just enjoy life every day. Take whatever comes in your stride and accept this is today. <laughs>